0: Hey there, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Hey, good morning, I'm Pastor Mike. So excited to be with you this morning for part two of our series, Shipwrecked. Taken from the book of Acts chapter 27, we learned a really important lesson from that. Last week, the apostle Paul is caught in a great storm, and they realise they have to wreck the ship to save the lives of all of the sailors. They they better wreck the ship, or else everyone's going to drown with it. And we learned a simple lesson: our lives are more important than the ship that we're on. And sometimes we're on ships that we need to wreck before they end up drowning us. Last week we talked about the ship of hurt, didn't we? And how if we stay on the ship of hurt, we're, we're likely to become bitter. And in our bitterness, we could end up drowning and missing the great things that God has got in store for our lives, the purposes of God for us. So we need to wreck the ship because our lives are more important than that hurt. We need to wreck the ship of hurt so that we can go forward in God's purpose. This week, I want to talk to you about wrecking the ship of opinion, wrecking the ship of... Of opinion, And I have to say, before this message ever reaches any one of you watching, it hits me first, because I am and can be a very opinionated old so-and-so. So those of you who know me are probably nodding at the screen right now, right? Because I can be too opinionated, and it's not a good thing about me. Here we go. We're going to read Romans chapter 12 and verse 16. It says this, Do not be wise in your own opinion. Do not be wise in your own opinion. In other words, Mike, don't be such an opinionated old so-and-so. In the NLT, same verse, it tells us this, and don't think you know it all. Or in the NIV, it translates it as, do not be conceited. In the message, it says, get along with each other, don't be stuck up, make friends with nobodies, don't be the great somebody. This just, like, nails me. Because I've looked at myself, I've looked at why I'm opinionated, and I have to tell you it's because somewhere deep in me is a sense of self-importance. I have to be the one with the right opinion, and my opinion is the one that counts, and it's the one that the world needs to listen to, because my opinion is the right one. you know. And, And I find myself sliding into an opinionated culture, and it's not pretty, it's not attractive. I'm sure it doesn't help me make friends when I'm at my opinionated worst. And I think the Bible is saying, hey, come on, church, let's not be opinionated people. It's time to wreck the ship of opinion, because that ship's not going to get you where God wants you to be. You're drowning your opinions. I, I think Jesus was a great example to us of the right way to live. You see, Jesus had the best opinions, the best teaching. Jesus' teaching was from the very throne of God. It was truth in purity. And yet Jesus wasn't known as an opinionated person. People flocked to listen to him. People crowded around him. They wanted to know what Jesus had to say, not just because of what he was saying, but because I think they felt valued, respected, and loved by Jesus as he talked. He brought counsel, and they marveled at his counsel. By contrast, the Pharisees of the time, the religious leaders, they were the opinionated old so-and-sos. They, they would thrust their opinions on others and demand allegiance to them. Jesus rather brought counsel. And in that contrast between counsel and opinion, I think we can learn how as Christians and how as a church we can make a greater difference in our world. And if we stay in our opinionated ships, how we might drown with them. The Apostle Paul knew this was important because the Corinthian church that he planted had over time become really opinionated. Like it wasn't just one or two people that were strongly opinionated, it was a culture. Everyone was thrusting their opinions on each other and it divided the church up and they'd be, they were in like lots of groups and cliques. And so the Apostle Paul wrote the letter of 1 Corinthians to them. And in chapter 1 and verse 10, this is what he said. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Wow, the Apostle Paul is saying, wreck the ship of opinion. It's just dividing you. You're going to drown if you stay on that ship. Hey, come together in a spirit of counsel and counsel one another towards harmony and towards the truth and the revelation of Jesus Christ. He would say the same thing to churches today. I think sometimes we can be a bit over-opinionated with one another. But worse still... With the world out there that we're trying to reach, with the good news of Jesus, we can sometimes thrust our opinions on them rather than bring counsel, as Jesus did. I want to just take a moment to explore the difference, really, between counsel and opinion, to help us to see how valuable the culture of counsel is and how dangerous opinion can be. Here we go. Here's a few proverbs to help us see the difference, opinions are insensitive and forceful and usually end up making others feel small. Whereas, counsel allows everyone to have a voice and creates an environment of mutual respect. One of the things I'm really proud of the One Church Network for, uh, as we've been just talking about the issue lately of racial injustice, is the way that we have tried to create that council, that uh, that environment of listening and respecting and and understanding. Because I think, and we think, that's how we move forward in that area. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we change. Is through counsel. Listen, if we just If we just had opinions and shared opinions and and confronted with other opinions, we're not going to make any progress. We're just going to stay exactly where we are and nothing will change. We need counsel. And I'm really proud of the way we've been responding to that. Let's carry on with some proverbs. Opinions are boastful and a result of pride in the way that we think. Counsel is a willingness to both speak and listen. Opinions are thrust upon us. Counsel is invited. Opinions create defensiveness. But counsel creates an opportunity for growth and change. Opinions are really a result or an expression of arrogance. Counsel is an expression of humility. Opinions are quickly given but lack power. Counsel is slow to speak, but richer in wisdom. Opinions feel that they must always be shared, regardless of the audience. Counsel waits for the right moment. Opinion creates team dysfunction. Counsel enhances a team and makes success possible. Opinions flaunted about others, without them there, is sin. Counsel is truth in love. Opinions create fallout. Counsel creates cohesion. Doesn't that stack up with the Apostle Paul in writing to the Corinthians where he says, look, find cohesion. All these opinions are just creating the fallout. They're creating division among you. Find a mutual respect and love for one another and counsel one another in the truth of God. And learn to agree, learn to find harmony among one another. Hey, listen, when we're sharing our faith with others, let's value and love the person. Let's listen to them. Let's empathize. Let's put ourselves in their shoes and let's walk with them on a journey of counsel rather than just thrusting our beliefs upon them. Maybe you're watching this morning and you don't you wouldn't say at the moment you're a Christian. Um, Maybe you have some strongly held opinions about God and about the church and and about religion. And uh, right now, that's the ship that you're sailing on. I want to encourage you for a moment to consider counsel rather than sticking with those opinions. Counsel means listen and go on a journey of discovery. Learn, be teachable again. Be prepared to wreck the ship of your opinions because they may be sailing you towards the wrong horizon you may end up drowning in them. I learned this the hard way, you see. A few years ago, uh, I was in a session learning about creation, the creation story from the book of Genesis chapter 1. And I had some really strongly held opinions about what I thought about that passage and what that passage was saying. I was what they would call a seven-day creationist. I believed in seven literal, 24-hour days of creation. And that was it. That's the truth. I listened to this speaker as they began to unveil other points of view. And they began to show why. And and I found myself, as they were teaching and and showing different perspectives than my own, instead of learning, instead of um, enjoying that, instead of going on a journey of discovery, I found myself combating it with my opinions. And they were quite passionate within me. And in the end, I blurted them out. I said, oh, I don't agree with that. That's not my opinion. And what happened was, in my immaturity, I allowed my opinion to uh, wreck my chances of actually going on a learning learning adventure in that passage of scripture. In my immaturity, I stayed where I was instead of making any kind of advance towards growth. It was only a few years later when I began to really read and listen and discover that I found that I needed to adapt my position. I needed to reflect on my long-held, strongly opinionated views... And and change. I remember reading this verse uh, where God presents Eve to Adam. You may know the one in Genesis, and uh, and and Adam responds by saying two words with an exclamation mark: "At last!" I'd never seen this before. As you look at the original language and you try and get an idea of what uh, this means, essentially. It's like a person that's been on a really long journey, finally reaching their destination. That's what's meant by, at last, exclamation mark. I began to realise that that didn't stack up with my strongly held opinion that there were seven 24-hour days of creation. Because in my point of view, Adam would have only gone a few minutes, even hours, before Eve arrived ...at his doorstep. Those two words... ...in the original language... ...would have made no sense... ...in that story of things. I realised that maybe I needed... ...to look further and look deeper at this story and I came to a new point of view that the seven days of creation story wasn't as literal as I had previously taken it and that it was far more of a story describing true events and was never meant to be a scientific description of God's creation of the earth. And as I began to explore that point of view A whole new area of teaching and revelation began to open up to me. And I began to leave behind that strongly held opinion that I had before. Now you may do the same study. You may study Genesis chapter 1 and still stay with the opinion of seven-day creation. Uh, And hey, God bless you for that. Hey, whatever you do is is fine. But I, I just went on a different journey. I learned what I learned was my opinion had kept me for years from growth because I refused to listen and I refused to be teachable and I refused to see that there were other perspectives. And here's the danger with opinion. We can end up drowning in opinions and never growing and never learning because we think we already know it all. We think we already have the answer. We think everything we've learned is all there is to learn. And I want to tell you, it probably isn't. You probably don't know everything there is to know. I certainly don't know everything there is to know. I certainly haven't explored the, the, the complete um, uh, universe of God's knowledge. I know so little. It would be silly of me to, to hold on to these opinions so tightly um, when actually there is more to learn. You see, opinion—it limits us. It will drown us. It will divide us. But a humility, a teachability, counsel will help us to be more cohesive, to learn, to discover, and maybe we might find that God has more for us than we ever imagined before. May I uh, just finish by saying this: Church, one church, Bristol. Let's aim for what the apostle Paul appealed for us to do in the name of Jesus for harmony for cohesion for counsel let's let's wreck the ship of opinion hey if you're new to one church wreck the opinions and come in and just listen and learn come with us on a journey come with us on the adventure that we're on of discovering the truth about Jesus Christ and the truth about his word and the truth about all that God has for us. And let's love one another more than the beliefs that we want to thrust upon each other. Let's love one another, respect one another, listen to one another, and, uh, and, and, and create a, a team and a culture of counsel. I really appreciate that about the team that lead our church, one church. When we gather together, it's not opinions bumping up against each other. There's a spirit, there's a culture of counsel there. And that's why I'm so confident that we're going in the right direction as a church. Because we have the right spirit, we have the right culture and the right heart. There's harmony. There's a oneness there. That's really healthy. Why don't you join us? Wreck your opinions. And let's learn to be people that counsel one another. Can I pray for you? Dear Jesus, I recognise in me that some of my strongly held opinions have at times limited me, they have at times diminished my relationships with others, and they have impacted my influence on the world, around me. Teach me to, to counsel as you counseled, and help me to wreck the ship of opinion, and go on a journey of humility and learning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, guys.